0: Good afternoon, everyone, Uh, recently just afternoon, (laughs) Uh, and welcome to another Nacho Tuesday here with uh, Karina today from uh, Fractionals United, and today we're going to talk about the rise in fractional roles. Uh, So without further ado, I'd love, Karina, if you could introduce your company, or your community, rather, and what you guys do.
1: Sure. So Fractionals United, which is only nine months old, is a free community for all current and aspiring fractional leaders so that we can connect, collaborate, and learn from each other.
0: Great. Um, and so what got you inspired to start this community? Uh, how did you get to where you're at in your career now where you're uh, heavily involved in the uh, fractional community?
1: So I, um, I started doing fractional work uh, about eight years ago before it was even a thing. It didn't have a name. <laughs> um, I started out in the publishing industry got tired of one too many reorgs and layoffs. So started dipping my toes into consulting and freelance work and fell into this pattern of like running small to mid-sized businesses. Because like I used to explain to people, no one goes into business to run the business. Most founders, you know, get overwhelmed as soon as there's product market fits. And, you know, they wanna focus on strategy, on service, on product, whatever, not on the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. So they hire someone like me to do that. And it was a mouthful to explain that. Now I could just say fractional COO, which makes it so much easier. Um, I also do workflow consulting on the side. So I had a workflow client that I then became their fractional COO and went full-time with for a short time. Um, As happens with most small businesses, once everything's in place, they don't need a full-time COO. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: I came back to fractional at the beginning of 2023 to, to find that it was a very different landscape than two years ago. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, it's more popular, more people want to be fractional. Everyone's talking about it, writing about it. It's, it's a thing now, but on the other hand, it felt a lot harder and lonelier. So I started looking for a community, couldn't quite find what I was looking for and decided to see if there was a need and, January 7th, um, realized I need my people. (laughs) It was too hard and lonely. That evening I was Googling like mad, couldn't quite find it. Found Mm -hmm. a few platforms with communities on the other side or paid something with communities on the other side, but no real community for the sake of community. Mm -hmm. Decided to see if there was an interest, put up a Slack landing page, messaged a bunch of my existing communities and put it up on LinkedIn. By the end of that first weekend, I had 50 members and everybody was like, yes, please. Yes, please. Mm -hmm. We just turned nine months, um, two days ago, and we're at 4,700 members today.
0: Wow. Uh, Talk about an overnight success.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just like, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, fractional is this weird thing between full-time and consulting and I wasn't yeah. the only one looking for a community or, or connection.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of companies and uh, for fractionals uh, themselves um, because a lot of companies might not have, you know, especially startups have the budget for, say, a full-time uh, chief operating officer or a full-time CMO. Uh, so a lot right. of times just even having a few hours a week can go a long way for helping uh, direct the strategy of the company. Uh, without, you know, without having those uh, series B budgets, I guess, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it kind of reminds me of the uh, rise of influencers back in the day, too. Uh, they didn't know what to call them, really. Uh, they were just kind of a different type of affiliate, if you will. Um, and, and now they that's even evolved further. Now they call them creators. So it's kind of interesting to see that uh, that shift, uh, you know, happening here with Fractionals too becoming more popular and actually having a name for it now.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Great. Um, So I guess uh, what is the opportunity for fractional roles? So what kind of roles exist today and what are the opportunities for companies that could hire them?
1: So I think um, anything that is executive lends itself to fractional because the point is you're hiring an experienced executive, like you said, to strategize, to lead, not necessarily to execute, Um, Some of us are more hands-on than others, but the point is that you're getting someone who can help steer the ship in the right, you know, direction and or give you the guidance, mentorship, advice, whatever, like lead. Mm -hmm. Um, And the difference between a consultant and a fractional is that we're fully embedded into the company and into the leadership team. We're not there just to do a project or to, to be external. We're internal. Mm-hmm. Um, there are actually, there's a fractional COO in the community who only has two clients at any given time mm-hmm. and his team doesn't even know he's fractional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and like fractionals do have people reporting to us. We can represent the company unlike consultants. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity for, you know, on the employer side or the company side is, as you said, SMBs and startups and scale-ups, anyone who, like most of them will need uh, executive guidance or, or you know, like input because no founder knows everything or should try to be everything or do everything. Mm-hmm. And if you either can't afford or don't necessarily need someone 40 hours,
0: mm-hmm. a
1: fractional leader is a perfect opportunity. And I can't tell you how many times I've worked myself out of a job and it's not just a me thing. We've had these conversations in the community that you rarely like, unless you're like a large company, you don't need us at forty hours. Like it, that's just a waste.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, on the role side, you know, there's fractional. You know, in operations and marketing and legal, in compliance and technology, anything with finance, you know, anything you can think of can be done fractionally. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, it's still challenging to find the roles because only a small percentage of the companies who need us know we exist. So right now it's all about business development and networking and word of mouth. There aren't really job boards. There are very few recruiters in that space, you know, so it's, it's, it's a lot harder nowadays to get roles. I truly believe that there will be a inflection point where at some point this will be just as easy as getting any other role and there um and companies will get it and people will get it but we're just not there yet change is hard
0: yep i've certainly uh, seen that <clears throat> the growth and interest in it over the last year or so I, I think the next year or two it's really going to accelerate you know and i've i've had roles before where you know i had to say hey you don't need me 40 hours a week either <laughs> and yeah. you know I'd honestly i'd rather work on this other project too but um you know, it's there. There is those opportunities today, and it's great that uh, uh, leaders uh, have those opportunities and know what those roles can be. Um, I guess, what's the most common fractional role that you see today? Is there is there anyone that's more popular than than another?
1: I would say that CMOs and CFOs are where it started, mm-hmm. and companies have an easier time understanding those can be fractional. Yeah. And that it's a lot harder for like the COOs and CPOs and the others because you know like if if you haven't if you don't understand it or haven't worked with it you may wonder how like a COO can like run a company not in yeah. our time, right? Yeah. So I think it's it's um, because it started with the CMOs and CFOs where it's just, you know, it's it's easier yeah. for people to understand. I see more of those roles advertised and just people looking for those and less of the others because it's still, there's that awareness and education piece.
0: Nice. And I could see that too, because a lot of companies might have early product market fit. And so some of the first roles you're looking for is a, a marketing person, a, you know, a senior marketing person to kind of help grow the company and whatnot, you might not be to the uh, COO level where you need to streamline operations and processes, but uh, getting somebody that knows what they're doing in marketing to help grow your company can go a long way. So uh, that definitely makes a lot of sense there. Um, So where do you see it, uh, I guess, evolving over the next few years? And uh, where do you see this going?
1: Like I said before, I do think that I don't know if it's going to be three years or five years that it will become de facto for small companies and leadership roles. And I see more and more uh, leaders who are tired of the same, right? Either they've, they're in between opportunities or got let go, or just don't want to go back to the grind that was pre COVID. And, you know, like there's a new normal, right? Yeah. Um, there's actually another, a, another fractional, community that also does a boot camp of uh, voyager you and john arms their co-founder we actually have in two weeks the first ever fractional conference in minneapolis minnesota which i'm excited about very cool um, but he speaks a lot and writes a lot about fractional being uh, kind of like uh, the the next work revolution right where right. It, it just helps both the fractionals and the companies and where, you know, in corporate America, we waste so much time in meetings and just useless filler, and oh, how yeah. this is just really good for for the economy and everybody. And I totally agree with that. Like, I do think that at some point, this is going to be the new norm, because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I don't know how long it's going to take for us to get there. We're all trying to push it along. But you know, it takes time.
0: Sounds like you got good momentum, though. <laughs> Um, and I, I think remote work definitely helps as well to the, uh, oh, yeah. the whole, hybr- at least hybrid work culture where, you know, somebody, you know, can take these roles, you know, in different cities or even different countries there, it increases the uh, scope that you could, uh, that you could offer as a, uh, as a potential fractional leader.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Definitely. And uh, what what's the best way that a company can obviously they can come to you guys to find uh, good fractional leaders? <laughs> um, yes. What what tips do you have? Uh, do you have for companies to uh, embed these fractional uh, team members properly into the company and uh, set the right expectations, I guess, if you will?
1: Uh, good question. First of all, you're hiring an expert. Let the expert do their job.
0: Yep. Like this
1: is not going to work if you don't treat the fractional as a partner. <laughs> Um, and I know that's hard for founders and, you know, like it's your baby. Um, I get it. I'm now a founder of a community. So it's my first time in that role. And I get it's really hard letting go. But if you're already investing and you know you need the help, let the fractional do their job, you know, partner with them. Don't micromanage them. Don't, um, you know, be, be a blocker because what is the point? You know, they're there to help you let them help you and treat it like, you know, treat this like any other role where you're, you know, interviewing someone, you know, interview them. It's not a consultant. Don't ask for like a presentation or a PowerPoint or talk to them, you know, ask questions, make sure this is someone you can work with and trust to do the job and want to work with. Cause you know, like especially when you're hiring, you know, someone that at a leader executive C-level, you Mm. know, especially for like a fractional COO, half of what I look at is, can I get along with my CEO? You know, is this someone who's going to partner with me? So Mm. this is an interview. It's a two-way process. You know, you have to trust and get along with the person Um, and ask questions, you know, just ask a lot of questions, take your time. This is not something to be done in a rush or taken lightly. And there are lots of great fractional[s] out there. So if you're not sure, you know, keep looking. And another great thing is um, we're 10.99, right? We're 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 not W. Well, sometimes you could do a W two, but most of us are 10.99. So if you're not sure, you know, don't be afraid to try, right? It's like give it, a, you know, like try it out for a month or two, see how it goes, reevaluate. And if your first fractional isn't a perfect fit, don't throw the baby, uh, what is the cliche? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. You know, it's just like any other hire, you know, like this is personality. It's like if your first fractional hire doesn't work out, doesn't mean fractional hiring sucks. Yep. It means you just made a wrong choice. You know, you're not going to stop, you know, if you need a full-time whatever If you make a mistake, you're not going to be like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't need this full-time role. You're just going to learn from your mistake and try again. So, you know, fractional needs to be the same mindset as any other team member hire. It's just part-time. That's the only difference.
0: That's a great point. A great way to put it. Yeah. A lot of times people are afraid of new concepts, but if you could frame it in a way to where it's relatable to them, it's just, you know, it's just like hiring an employee, like you said, um, with additional benefits, including, you know, cost savings, uh, you know, a 1099 relationship as well. Uh, you know, kind of try before you buy type thing too. And, you know, eventually maybe a fractional can take on a full, full full-time role 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 too, if you ever want to make that transition uh, mutually, but yeah, uh, the power is in with within the relationship of both sides in this one.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Great. Uh, do you have any examples of some companies that have, you know, been really successful with uh, fractional roles?
1: Um, I don't have uh, any names uh, you know, that I wanna share. But you know, like I have I know there are lots of companies and, and fractionals doing this, and there are some that I've like grown out of because they need it full time or you know, they're in a good place where the, the people and systems are in place. Um, it's just, it's happening. You know, there are SMBs and scale-ups and startups doing this. Um, yeah, it's happening.
0: Great. And so you would say the average company, uh, number of companies that a fraction would work with is probably a, is usually about two or, uh, or is it more than that?
1: <clears throat> it varies by function. Uh, for a COO, I'd say it's two to three, yep. uh, for a CFO, CMO, it could be a lot more, Um, like, you know, we have, uh, we have a blog and, and, um, the latest blog post, uh, it's, it's actually community sourced and the latest blog post, which was on time management was really good piece, uh, was from a CMO who has like nine at a time, which is like on the high end. But, um, you know, if you have a team reporting to you and you're only there for a true strategy, you can do it. Um, nine seems a lot to me, but she's managing it. So I think it really depends on how involved you are, right. And how much you're needed in a day to day. I think the average would be three to five across functions. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, for COO, like the most I've done was like four or five and I was like spread really thin. Um, and I was only able to do that because I tend to go from like, uh, you know, full on to like maintenance where everything's like running very smoothly and I'm just leading and troubleshooting and not having to do more. So I was able to do four or five because I had one or two on maintenance, but otherwise, yeah, it's, it's.
0: hard. Yeah. That's why it's really key to set expectations uh, both yeah. ways. So, you know, the, the company, you know, gets what they expect from you and, you know, you get what you expect from your time. So, you know, if, if you are managing your time properly and, you know, the expectations are aligned with the uh, company, Uh, to not expect, you know, more than that. You know, if you're mostly involved in strategic work, you you could uh, definitely do a lot more projects.
1: Yeah. And, and to that point, because we're fractional, we can flex, right? If the company needs more or less, we can, you know, depending on your relationship, if it's hourly or retainer, whatever you have that conversation, but, you know, we can flex with the needs of the business.
0: Yep. Certainly. So, uh, we kind of, we kind of touched on this earlier, but um, if you're a you know potential fractional leader, how would you go about you know getting yourself ready for fractional roles? Obviously, your community's there to kind of welcome people in. Uh, can you walk us through that process? What does it look like working with your community? Uh, what other tips would you offer for fractional leaders to to kind of get their career ready to go down this direction if they're interested?
1: Yeah. So uh, first, the community. It's very easy to join. There's a a simple form on our website, we're a Slack community. And yeah, we have lots of resources for those new to fractional. We even had a um, a member panel. Um, I took, I, I sourced uh, cross-functional fractionals, all that had like, I think 15 plus years of experience. And we did like a, a member panel where uh, that was very informative and it's available for replay plus some other uh, resources. <coughs> And I think what what you need to know before you make this transition is that it is very different from W2 work. Mm-hmm. A lot of W2, like if you've done consulting, it's more similar than dissimilar. You work for yourself. You always have to do business development. You need to set up an LLC or you know some legal structure to protect yourself and, and all of that. If you're going from W2 to this, it's harder because- mm-hmm you've never had to think about that. Uh, So it is important to realize that even though you are going to be an employee, a part-time employee, you are still self-employed. You are still working for yourself. Because like I said, most of the time it's 1099. So you do have to take care of, you know, setting up an LLC. You do have to worry about your own taxes. You know, there are things that those new to working for themselves have never done Mm -hmm. you you know time management right setting expectations having some kind of you know like either your own template or you know the company's template there's just all these things you have Mm -hmm. to do to get your ducks in a row also you need to be aware it's going to take time so if you're going from w2 to this start looking and preparing while you're still employed. If you're in between or let go, don't only look for fractional work. If you're able to do other consulting or other project work, I would suggest do that as well, because it could take a long, you know, it could take three to six months to Mm -hmm. find your first fractional role. So you need to have, you know, you need to give yourself a cushion so that you can wait for that opportunity. And, you know, if you if you have to take the first one, but it's always better to be in a position to be selective, because mm-hmm. the worst, you know, I, I guess if you have no choice, it's not the worst thing, it's some money, but ideally, you are as selective as they are, and you make sure it's a good fit. And, and like mm-hmm. I said, they will give you the opportunity to succeed, and they will micromanage you and it it is a good fit. Um, so I would say, If at all possible, give yourself that cushion and that
0: time. Perfect. Yeah, great great advice there. Um, I guess, yeah, people should look at it as kind of like a hybrid between W-2s and consultants. It's like a new evolution of it, if you will. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah, I definitely think it's going to grow over the next few years. I mean, I keep hearing the word come up a lot too, so... um, Great. So uh, I guess, you know, the next topic I want to talk about is uh, failure. I always ask everybody I meet yeah. uh, because I believe, you know, I failed a lot myself too, and I've won too, but a lot, <laughs> but uh, the failures always teach you the most about yourself and, you know, you, you learn the best lessons from it. So I always like to ask people, you know, can you tell us about a time you failed and what did you learn from it?
1: So a recent failure was um, with a client where I built a system and I did not foresee an edge case that ended up being a problem. And it was it was one of those perfect storms where on its own, it would have been an issue, but not a horrible issue. But then there was also a vendor that wasn't performing. And it, it negatively impacted my relationship with the CEO in a way that was not repairable. So... Well, that taught me, it taught me a few things. It taught me that when you're building complex systems, you need to take time to like, you know, it was one of those Frankenstein things where like, mm-hmm. I knew that it was going to break at some point, but you know, you're always like you band aid things, right. When you're like right. in the thick of things and you just have to keep it going and fingers crossed. Sometimes it's worth slowing down and taking it offline when it gets too Frankensteiny because it's better for it to break on your schedule than its mm. schedule, which will always be the worst time. Totally. And I think that's something that, you know, busy leaders like I, I'm trying to be better about time blocking and leaving time to just connect the dots. Because mm. I think part of what we bring to mm. the table is that ability. But if we over schedule mm. and are too busy, we don't have the time to process and connect the dots and look ahead. Yeah. And I think that is so critical for leaders, you know, regardless of full time or, or fractional or whatever, like we need to have that time where yeah. we can like stop and connect the got, dots and process and look ahead. And if we fail to do that, we're failing ourselves and our, our employers.
0: That's such a good point. A lot of times we get stuck in the weeds and, you know, we can only see what's right in front of us, yeah. but you know, sometimes you have to see the force for the trees and you have to, you know, take that that thirty thousand foot view and you know really uh, take a look at the problem and try to break it down to its core and the most simple version of how, how to how to solve that problem, if you will. And yeah. if, you, if you're overbooked doing the tactical work, you don't really get any time to think through the strategy, which unfortunately does require like that time to set aside and actually think through the strategy yeah. and like work through all those pieces and see if you're if you're aligned and going in the right direction. Otherwise. Yeah, like you said, you can end up with a Frankenstein going going way too far down one path and, you know, it's too late yeah. before you know it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Great point. Um, I guess, th- was there any challenges that you faced uh, building a community or tell us more about, you know, how did you, you know, how did you build a community? If somebody wanted to build their own community, how would they go about doing that? I mean, you've done a really good job at it yourself, so.
1: Thank you. Well, this is my first time a as a founder and b as a community builder. So yes, there were challenges, and largest of which is like just learning what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> it's like learn, you know, learning while you're flying the plane isn't the best time to do it. But hey,
0: I'm there every day. We're in startups.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, luckily, I ha- I belong to some really great communities, and those community managers and and founders were really generous with their time. <laughs> and let me pick their brains and learn from them. But, you know, and, and community is very unlike any other business because you have <laughs> way more bosses, right? Because like <laughs> every member in some way is your boss because um, it's all about engaging them and providing value. And unlike with any other business, it's like I, like I, I always look at it from the viewpoint of my members, and um, I made the tough decision of making this free because I know there's so many people in transition, and I did not want um, money to be a a factor at all. Like I wanted, you know, to me, community and especially this kind of community should be free. So that's made monetization a challenge, which I'm still figuring out. And obviously, Nacho Nacho has helped with that mm-hmm. in the perks program. But, you know, so that was a challenge. <coughs> Sorry. Losing my voice.
0: No worries. <laughs>
1: um, just, you know, figuring, I, at first, I, it was just me, myself, and I. And I had a zero budget. So unlike mm-hmm. when I am hired by other um, startups, like, I was wearing both the, the CEO and COO hats. So I had to get very creative in getting myself the support I needed. So first, like there's like a bunch of like automations and systems behind the scene, which helped. But at some point I knew I needed more help. So I got a part-time community manager, Tammy, who's awesome and amazing. And then at some point, like I brought in um, Will, who, you know, is head of partnerships. Yes, you know, you've spoken mm-hmm. to him like on commission. So I had to get really creative because I have zero budget, right? So, mm-hmm. and I knew I needed the help.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was a challenge um yeah it's like with any and all startups like if any it's it's something new right so I had to figure out how to do this I had to figure out how to do this in a way that is scalable and sustainable but also true to the purpose of why I did this like I know there are a lot of people who tell me I'm leaving money on the table and I'm being naive about not charging and all of that but like you know this is my it's my baby and I know why I do this. And, and yeah. I'm, I have to stay true to why I did this.
0: Yeah, I really respect that. You know, I think uh, there's definitely always opportunities to monetize, but there's always opportunities to monetize. But, but what it really comes down to is really caring about your your customers or in your case, your members. And really, if, if you could build it and people come, you know what I mean? There's, there's going to be ways to monetize it yeah. after that. Uh, so you've really focused on solving the, their core customer problem And, you know, really helping these people out. And because of it, you've had this overnight community just really blow up. So, I mean, there's so many ways, you know, offering perks, you know, the premium content potentially, um, potentially, like if you're helping with the recruiting efforts in the future, there could be ways to monetize that, but it's all about value creation. And what you've done is really, you know, focus on the value creation first, then you could look at, you know, maybe different levels of value creation after that, but um, unlike, you know it's very important that a lot of entrepreneurs kind of think this way, right? Get get to market, help people solve their problem, and then you can work in the monetization stuff afterwards. Yeah. So I'm glad that you've really uh, approached it from the from the customer first uh, approach.
1: Yeah, with right. community you have no choice. It's what is a community without its members?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess what's uh, anything else that people should know about Fractionals United and why they should join today?
1: So, if you are a current fractional leader or aspiring or fra- either aspiring or fractionally curious, that's a new term we started using fractionally curious. I, I forget where it came up, but I'm like, I like that. I'm going to start using that. Sounds fun. <laughs> um, you know, we're free. So, just fill out the form on our website and happy to have you join us. Uh, there's a lot of engaged, supportive fractionals and aspiring fractionals in the community. Uh, And if you're an SMB or startup or scale up that know you need the help, but can't uh, either afford a full time leader or know you need a full time leader, there's also a simple form to fill out and I will share it with the community and you will have more than enough great leaders to choose from.
0: That's great. So what's next for uh, Fractionals United? Just uh, triple, quadruple growth this year? (laughs)
1: Yeah, continue to grow, continue to provide value. Uh, there is also because I have other fractional leaders, uh, community leaders in in the community. We uh, we are creating a fractional alliance of sorts that mm-hmm. will potentially become like a fractional professional association. So we're talking through some of that and and maybe ways that collectively we can help spread the word and awareness and maybe even do some lobbying or other bigger picture things together for this new uh, sector, you know, yeah. growing sector. Uh, as I mentioned, the first ever fractional conference is coming up in two weeks. Yeah. So I think, you know, the way I see it is Fractionals United is this community that is at the center of a growing fractional ecosystem. Yeah. And I focus on community and I'm a happy to partner with, all these other fractional organizations or partners that are looking to help fractionals, because I don't want to be everything. I just want to be the community for fractionals.
0: That's a great vision. Well, uh, sounds like you're doing the right things over there and uh, uh, Nacho Nacho is really proud to uh, partner with you guys. And if anybody's interested in uh, joining this community, whether you're a fractional leader, uh, feel free to go to fractionalsunited.com uh, or just reach out to Karina here on LinkedIn. Um, and also if you're a company as well, definitely go there and, uh, take a look at all the great talent that they have. Uh, Karina, once again, we really appreciate the partnership and we uh, look forward to growing both of our communities together. Uh, sounds like you're off to a great start. So happy to be a part of that journey with you.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Really excited to partner with you guys.
0: Great. Thanks again. And, uh, appreciate everyone joining today. Uh, Nacho Nacho is the best place to buy SaaS and find great services like Karina's here. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you.